From Content360, this is the state of client acquisition. Hello, hello, it's showtime. Nice to be live. Happy to be serving you this training. My name is Michael Bohannes. I am here to help you to not suck at client acquisition. And I'm very much looking forward to covering this very important, sometimes quite difficult topic of creating irresistible offers. What does that mean? What are we going to cover? We will help you to formulate your value proposition to your client in a way that is very clear to them, that is emotionally engaging to them, and that demonstrates value that will hopefully decommoditize your service. Okay, so let's get straight into it. By the way, this is, of course, a live trading, so you're very welcome. Please, if you are live, just drop me a quick comment to say hi. Would be lovely to hear from you. And by the way, still, if somebody wants to jump on live, that where we could look at your offer very much live, we could do that. Please do tell me in the comments and I'll send you an invite link and you can join the conversation live as a participant, not just as a spectator. And if you don't want that, that's fine as well, of course. And I look forward to helping you here with the theory and then the practice will then be on you. But I'm very happy to also review your existing offer. Okay, so let's get straight into it. What is an offer? An offer is what you exchange for your client's money. And it's the summary of your entire value proposition, business and emotional benefits, and the payment terms. And you want your offer to be so good that your clients would feel stupid saying no. That is what makes a good offer. This is great illustration of the power of a great offer. This was, it's, it's something that you can find in the book, $100 million offers by Alex Ramosi, and I reproduced it here. These are two different offers for a very similar service. So the first offer, let's look at the numbers. The ad spend here for offer one was $10,000, 300,000 impressions. The response rate was 0.13%. 40 calls booked, 16% closing rate. That, that means five deals closed. The price was $1,000 and total revenue was $5,000. So the return on ad spend was 0.5 to 1, which is not terrible because after all, these are recurring clients. And so then they stay on and hopefully become profitable in month three. However, if you look at the offer two, same ad spend, same impressions, but the response rate was two and a half times higher. 100 calls booked versus 40 calls before. The closing rate was 2.3x that before, so it was 37%. That meant 28 clients. And because of that new offer, the price was four times as high. And so the total aggregation of these Xs, you know, 2.5x, 2.3x, and 4x amounted to a total of 22.4x improvement. That is massive. Okay. And so the ROI went from 0.5 to 11.2. And so that is the power of a great offer. And so now let's look at what were those two offers. The first one was a classic agency model, offer one, the one that offered 0.5 uh, return on ad spend. It's classic agency model where you pay an agency, the agency does the work, and you maybe get results with them. Maybe not. The offer two, however, is the client only covers the ad cost. 
the client only pays when the when new clients convert and if the client does not get an x amount of clients in month one the provider the agency works for free in month two and on top you receive a best practices playbook and coaching for how to become more profitable in your business for free okay that is an offer that is so good that the client would feel stupid to say no because there's no risk right they only cover ad cost and so of course an offer like that can only be done by somebody who is supremely confident in what they do and they are very certain that they will get great results for the client quickly credit where it's due i'm drawing of course i'm standing on the shoulders of giants is a couple of the influence of the people who influence my thinking in the way of creating offers first of all most importantly eugene schwartz in his book breakthrough advertising extremely important book uh, it's expensive but definitely worth getting then todd brown who's very much basing his own work on breakthrough advertising alex ramosi on acquisition.com and dan henry uh, from getclients.com so credit where it's due absolutely so and so based on their work i've created my own framework here what is the architecture of an irresistible offer well, first, we need a non-shrinking market. We need a clearly defined target audience. We need a high enough price. We need to operate in the client's language. We need to present a transformation to the client. And then there's something called a unique mechanism. And then at the very top is a no-brainer incentive. And so there's a couple of different subcategories of these seven elements the first the bottom three are the basics they basically say that if you don't have these boxes ticked then you are frankly you don't have a chance the next ones are the enhancers that like is as long as you have the first three ticked you're going to be fine you're going to have some form of a business but the enhancers will greatly improve the results with that offer and then the finally the no-brainer incentive is the rocket fuel also, you can look at it from a different way. The bottom six are the core offer that tends to remain stable. You don't pivot all that often. What you do vary quite frequently are the tactics. They are variable. And so the no-brainer incentive can be, you know, you can vary that month by month in how you get people to jump over the fence. Okay, first, before we look at the, clearly defined target audience, I quickly wanted to say a quick word about the non-shrinking market. So it does not have to be a market that is wildly growing in order to be successful. It can be a relatively stable market, even a stagnant market. You can make a reasonable amount of inroads in. It just cannot be shrinking. There's this very good example that I've heard recently of somebody providing software solutions to the printing side of newspaper businesses. Well, that you can have an offer that is just in, absolutely incredible it can be the like the biggest grand slam offer of all times but because you are in a shrinking market because you are targeting newspapers that are especially paper newspapers that are slowly dying well not slowly they're actually rapidly dying you will never be successful in that market so it has to be a non-shrinking market very straightforward point that's why no dedicated slide to that but let's look at the clearly defined target audience the second of the rungs on that pyramid and there, I, I mean, most people know, yes, you have to niche down, you have to have a certain amount of specificity to your offer, who your offer is for. So that those are the part of the basics. And we all know that. However, there's an old school and a slightly more advanced way of doing that. The old school way is 
using demographic categories. For example, dentists, consultants, moms, senior citizens, right? Those are the well-worn, well-trodden paths of targeting of who are who is my target audience. If you look at it from a different angle, if you niche down, you don't have to create artificial niches, right? You, you don't have to say, for example, dentists who only use a specific treatment method or the, uh, another very arbitrary method that I always find slightly puzzling is that some people are uh, limiting their marketing agencies to only women, for example, helping women solopreneurs and so on. I never understood that because the reason why you would do that is that so that there's a, a significant amount of homogeneity in your group, in the people that you serve. And women as a group are a very wide-ranging uh, group. There's not a huge amount of homogeneity among them. So that's why I propose this slightly different way of niching down, and that is based on psychographic categories. For example, solopreneurs who want to validate their offer. Now, this is also more difficult, of course. They are not usually signaling their need. You can find them, for example, on LinkedIn that they are solopreneurs, but you won't know that they are trying to validate their offer. You don't know that they are uncertain uh, whether their offer resonates with the market, right? You will have to find that out with the correct messaging. However, once you hit that sweet spot, once you are on target with your messaging, you will be much more successful and these people will feel understood. And that is the big difference between uh, the people targeting you know, women entrepreneurs, for example, which is a very broad category, Women are extremely different, you know, they're, they're the go-getters, they're the wallflowers, you know, just like basically the entire cross-section of humanity. Uh, and however, solopreneurs who want to validate their offer have one very specific, very dominant problem in their lives. And this is the lens that they see many of the things in business through. And that is why this group is way more homogenous than the group, for example, of just you know, women as a, as, a, as a category, men for the same way, you know, for, for that matter. Another niche down would be, for example, business owners with volatile revenue who want to introduce predictability is a very specific pain point. It's a psychographic marker and not a demographic one. Also, another one would be senior citizens who love to travel but hate typical group trips. Okay, so that is a clearly defined target audience. I just wanted to bring that in, try to not only go by demographic categories and why because they are just so fought over. There are so many people targeting dentists, so many people targeting consultants. If instead you can niche down to a psychographic category within that demographic category, this is where the gold is going to be hidden. Okay, then let's look at the third element, which is the high enough price. It should be very straightforward, but still I see many people going into the low price categories and that makes things unnecessarily difficult for them. And I wanted to ask you a question. What do you think is easier? Selling 10 deals at 1K each or one deal at 10K? Both of them are the same revenue. What do you think is easier or more difficult? Well, I'm pretty much convinced that, very convinced that selling one deal at 10K is far easier than 10 at 1K. It's not a linear line where it's one level of difficulty to sell something for $1 and uh, 10,000 levels of difficulty, it's 10,000, right? It's not a linear progression. And it's simply all about the target audience and the level and magnitude of the problem that you are solving. 
And so especially if you're relatively early stage, I would strongly recommend that you aim for a few deals per month at a very high price point, as high as you can make it. Why? Well, you don't need to generate as much traffic. When you are relatively new in business, generating traffic is generally a big problem. It either depends on you being very talented with content and or are lucky, or it requires upfront ad spend, right? And that is unpleasant. It's difficult to, to run ads. You want to avoid that. And if you can sell a product, a service at $5,000, $7,000, you simply won't need to generate as much traffic. You can basically go knocking on people's doors. And as long as you ask enough questions, enough people for their questions, you will get yourself a client. That's why I strongly recommend to have a high enough price for a good offer. It's also easier to become decent at selling in person than to have a landing page do the work for you. Even if you are not experienced in selling, as long as you have a decent you know, way of communicating with people, you are reasonably empathetic, you, know, you ask good questions and so on, you can learn how to sell effectively relatively quickly. Doing landing pages and having this entire funnel set up in a way where you can sell a $1,000 product online is, in comparison to that, considerably more difficult and more labor intensive. So that's why I recommend to start with a high enough price. And so I even would recommend reorienting your offer so that a high enough price becomes possible. If you don't have a high enough price at this point, and it's, it's hard for you to envisage how, if you've been charging whatever, $4.99 so far, and you just cannot envisage how somebody would pay 5,000 for your services, this, the demographic simply doesn't allow it, then I would even consider to switching niches because trying to validate, trying to actually get make some inroads into serious money will be exceedingly difficult if you're selling at the, let's say, three-digit price point. Okay, so that was, those are the basics, okay? So high enough price, the clearly defined target audience and the not shrinking market. Those are the three basic factors of an offer. Once we have cleared that, let us look at the enhancers. The enhancers will, as the word suggests, enhance the value of your offer and make you more likely to close. So using client language is the first enhancer. That, of course, doesn't mean that you don't speak Chinese to somebody who doesn't speak Chinese. It's mainly about do you use the wordings that your target audience is using? And here's an example of somebody that I saw. I slightly have changed the, the, the wording so that she cannot be found, this person who I saw. But she effectively, her LinkedIn headline said something like, I help trailblazing women create their dream life while building wealth and their legacy. And when I saw this, is one of those typical LinkedIn headlines that you can totally see that no target audience, no one in the target audience would actually formulate their desired state in this way. So I tried to visualize it by a woman who's sitting in a corner, quite sad, and says to herself, gee, I wish I could find someone who helps trailblazing women like me create my dream life while building wealth and my legacy. Right? It's absurd. Hopefully it shows that no one talks like that. And so using the language of your target audience to convey your offer is highly recommended. So here's a great example of my friend, Enric Blatt, who helps people raise funds. And uh, he, his LinkedIn headline says, I help you not to, to not suck at raising funds. 
right? When his target audience, who he understands very well, if they talk to themselves and they think that they are not good at fundraising, they would they would describe themselves as I suck at fundraising. And he helps them to not suck at fundraising. As simple as that. That is why this is a great example of Anrik using the language of his target audience. Okay. Second enhancer, which is the transformation. You don't want just to be telling people, yeah, I'm going to help you uh, run YouTube ads. Right? That is a commodity. That is a commoditized service. You want to formulate your value proposition in the format of a transformation from a current situation to a desired situation. Where do they want to be in the future? If they want to go to a place where, for example, of financial abundance, of security, of not having to stress out about their future revenue sources and so on. Those are all elements that will be included in the transformation. You want to go from now currently anxious about money in the desired situation. You are making 10 times more than you made before. That's the desired situation. Okay. And so that is the promise. That is a, tr a transformational promise. And on that path, you then also need to show them what are the steps that will get them to this desired situation. And for example, in my case, is I help people to, to double their revenue by implementing my system of the funnel and the pot. I'm going to show you later on what that means. But this is effectively my steps that help people to transform from this current situation to the desired situation. That is, number one, create your strategic foundations, validate your offer, create a compelling funnel, and Four, create a nurturing pot environment, which is effectively content, a good content environment. And that, all of that taken together and executed well on will lead them to the desired situation. And these intermediate steps that I just described, they are the birthplace of, drumroll, the unique mechanism, which is the sixth, no, this is the fifth step on the pyramid. It's the, it's the enhancer, it's another enhancer, and it describes a proprietary methodology that helps your clients achieve the transformation that you're promising them. Ideally, it can be a unique mechanism, so it's like a special methodology that you have developed as a result of your past work experience, but not all methodologies amount to a unique mechanism. So if you were to say, I'm gonna help you achieve your revenue goals by running Facebook ads, that's a vanilla methodology that is not a unique mechanism. However, it is important that you don't let not having a unique mechanism stop you. You will develop one over time. For the time being, simply hint at any distinguishing trait in your offer, which can be as simple as without spending money on ads or without arduous CrossFit style trainings, whatever it is. Like if you at least can say something like, take something that pops up in the mind of the person. If you say, for example, I'm going to help you lose 20 pounds. Most people will think, okay, there's going to be some CrossFit style hardcore training that I'm going to be suffering in terribly. If you can say, I'm going to help you lose 20 pounds without arduous CrossFit style trainings, that is already hinting at something like a unique mechanism. Okay. So I hope that's clear. Even if you don't have something now like a crazy proprietary technology, don't worry, you can start hinting at your methodology. And over time, a unique mechanism will show itself. This is how I came up with the funnel and the pot. It has been almost two years in the making. 
And over time, gradually, it came up where I realized, geez, people need a funnel and they need a pot. I'm going to explain what that means later on. But it just gradually evolved. So just get started by saying something like, without XYZ. I'm going to help you achieve your goal without having to do what you think in your mind you will have to do. Okay. Now, the unique mechanism, I just threw that out there without explaining the background of it. It's a term that has been coined by Eugene Schwartz in his book, Breakthrough Advertising. And it's all about how your product, your service, your solution works. And having a unique mechanism sets you apart from competitors and helps you create a category. Any market veers towards focusing on the how as it saturates. What does that mean? Let's say, for example, the, the phenomenon of weight loss pills. When weight loss pills came up in the market, at the early stage, the promise, the transformational promise was eat this pill and lose weight. And then when new entrants came in, well, the, an arms race started where they started saying something like, oh, with our pill, you lose 10 kilograms a month. And then somebody else came in and said, oh, but with ours, you lose 20 kilograms. And it became absurd at some point. So it, it just becomes so, the, the claims become so outlandish that you have to find a different way. And this is when the unique mechanism comes in. Because at the late stage, you start describing the how. And you say something like, our pill works differently than the other pills. It uses a brand new patented process called metabolic hypooxidation, which helps you lose 50% more weight than our competitors' products, which are based on fat cell polymerization, an antiquated and inferior process. Now, of course, any chemistry buffs among you will see that I have completely made up these terms, but this is just an example to show how a unique mechanism finds its way into the marketing. As soon as a market becomes saturated, people need to know the how you will help them reach their goals. And that's the unique mechanism. Okay, let's quickly look at the relationship between offer, unique mechanism, and your product. Where does that all come together? The offer contains the unique mechanism. It explains how your target audience harnesses the unique mechanism to get the transformation that they want. And your product is a nicely packaged manifestation of the unique mechanism. It's just an instance of the unique mechanism that allows people to get the transformation in an easy and seamless way. Let's go away from the theory. Let's look at the practice. So get an airline, okay? Very, very basic offer. We all know what airlines do. And when, let's assume that nobody knows what an airline is, what is the promise that they are offering? So the offer of an airline would be, we help families get to their holiday destination 20 times faster than ever before by ditching the car and flying through the air via jet propulsion. That is an offer of an airline. A unique mechanism, the title would be, the title of that unique mechanism is air travel via jet propulsion. The narrative, the raison d'etre of the unique mechanism is, well, driving takes too long and a new method called jet propulsion allows for much faster transport. Right? And it's going to cut travel time by 95%. The explanation of the unique mechanism, how jet propulsion works. Step one, step two, step three. At some point, you will have to explain it so that people understand how it works and that it's safe and all of that. And then we get into the product. Once you've explained the unique mechanism, you ask your customers, your prospective customers, hey, would you like to make use of jet propulsion? Well, fly Delta Airlines. Our seats are comfortable, our food is tasty, 
and we are extremely safe. That would be run through from offer via the unique mechanism to your product. Quickly, another example that is a little bit more realistic, that is the Alpha Lead Academy, my product that helps coaches, consultants, and small B2B owners to win more clients. My offer is I help small B2B companies and solopreneurs double their revenue by splitting their marketing into a high intent conversion machine and a nurturing content environment. The unique mechanism is the splitting the marketing into a high intent conversion machine and nurturing content environment. The narrative of this is like, why have I created this? Why is this unique mechanism in place? Well, the reason for the existence of this unique mechanism is that most business owners either have one of these things completely out of kilter. They don't know how to nurture people who are not actively buying, or they are bad at converting those people who are actively buying. And we help you fix this. The title of the unique mechanism is the funnel and the pot. And the explanation, and then I can go into the detailed explanation of how the funnel and the plot works. I'm not going to do that here, but this is sort of the architecture of my unique mechanism. And the product in which the unique mechanism manifests itself is, ta-da, drumroll, the Alpha Lead Academy. Okay, so hopefully a, a more realistic example of what the unique mechanism looks like and how it is embedded in the offer. I also get a couple of types of unique mechanisms because I think one of the questions you may have at this point is, well, I don't really have a proprietary technology. I am a life coach or I help companies with digital transformation. I don't know how to create a unique mechanism. Well, something we have to work on. But fear not because you don't have to come up with a completely new revolutionary idea to take advantage of that. This is what marketing is for. So. First of all is there's the genuinely unique mechanism, which is very rare. It's like when you really come up with a new path or framework or recipe, something that has not been done before. Example, social media marketing. It does not come very often, these things. So social media marketing has really been a completely new way to do marketing and that people are still adjusting to. So this is a genuinely new, unique mechanism. Imagine 20 years ago, nobody knew what social media marketing was. And you came up with this revolutionary idea. We're going to target your, find your target audience by going on social media platforms where people are hanging out and targeting them based on what they say and like. Completely revolutionary, revolutionary new way, genuinely unique mechanism. Okay, that's number one. Unlikely that you will be in that category. Category number two, marketing invention. And that's marketing invention type one is the unspoken mechanism. It's really fascinating. So this is not unique to just your product. It is just that competitors are not talking about it. And that allows you to name the mechanism and bring it to market. And while it's not completely unique, it becomes unique in the mind of the prospect. That's the theory. Let's look at some one practical example. Really fascinating. The company Beachbody P90X they came up with an unspoken mechanism. They just saw, and many people at the time were doing that, they saw that many of the companies who were helping people get fit used a process whereby you loaded different weights on your different muscle parts. You did irregular exercises. You just simply 
created a certain feeling of uncertainty for your muscles. They were never, they never knew what was coming next. And so Beachbody P90X took that and gave it a name. This process, they called it muscle confusion. And with that, their business went pretty ballistic. So because they created a unique mechanism, we're going to help you. And we have created a new way. We call it muscle confusion. And as soon as you name something, you can package anything into that. They just labeled it muscle confusion. It effectively was the same thing, just repackaged in a different way. And it worked well. So that's the type of unique mechanism. Number two, which is marketing invention, the unspoken mechanism. And now let's final one is giving a title to your method, process, or system. Simply taking something that maybe other people are doing as well, but you create a, like a, you, you package it up neatly. Calling something the five pillar method or something called the tripwire, right? Tripwire offers. And of course, ta-da, the funnel and the pot. My unique mechanism is simply a giving a title to a method, process, or system that maybe other people are offering. I have just packaged it up and given it a really, like, really strong, very sturdy framework that then people can execute on. So this is giving a title to your process or system. And then what a good unique mechanism does, most importantly, it gives your prospects hope. Because when your clients are likely to be disappointed by other providers and anything like whenever people are in a field like client acquisition or uh, losing weight or anything like that, that is like a complex problem, even like digital transformation for, for businesses, you need to message hope to them by suggesting that with your mechanism, they will achieve their goal. They will hope that with you, it will finally work out. And ideally, the prospect would think, well, I've never known about blah, 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 the unique mechanism. I've never tried it. Maybe that's what I have been missing. I never knew about the funnel and the pot. Maybe that's what I need. And finally, what the good uh, unique mechanism does, it, it provides a gateway towards category creation. When you create a completely new category, this is when the, like you, your business will take off into the stratosphere because people perceive you as being truly one of a kind. This is exceedingly difficult to do. Vast majority of businesses don't get there, but creating a unique mechanism is like a, is like a prototype, is like a basic version of a category. And this is an area you might want to explore because key thing here, it decommoditizes your offering. Anybody can do Facebook ads. But if you do Facebook ads via the unique tickle the pixel methodology, I just came across this on Facebook the other day. I don't know what it is, but it's this kind of methodology. Aha, now you have created the proprietary process and you have decommoditized yourself. Okay, so we had the three enhancers using your client's language the transformation for your audience and the unique mechanism. Now, let us look at the final element, and that is the rocket fuel, the no-brainer incentive. Something that once you have laid all of that out to the prospect and they are intrigued, they really think, okay, this sounds very, very interesting, then you give them a no-brainer incentive to clinch the deal. And this should be something that should make the client really make them feel stupid saying no to your offer. And a good incentive 
can make up for a weak, unique mechanism, crucially. If you are like the example that I gave in the beginning, the agency who souped up their offer, where they said, okay, you don't pay us, you only pay the ad spend, and we guarantee you 20 clients in the first month and all of that. If not, we work for free, blah, blah, blah. That, you don't have to have a unique mechanism if you're able to offer such a no-brainer incentive. Most people cannot afford to do something like this, or they simply don't have enough proof in the market that they can actually confidently claim that. And so their incentives need to be modified and made slightly differently. But the best way to do no-brainer incentives are guarantees. For example, the Alpha Lead Academy guarantees in my business, what do I guarantee? I guarantee the following. If you don't get at least 3x ROI during the six-month duration of the program, you get to stay as long as you need until you get that kind of ROI. You also get your money back, and that is provided that you do the work. If you have product market fit and you don't make at least 3x ROI in six months, and if you don't have product market fit when you start and you don't make at least 2x ROI in six months, you get your money back. So uh, two different money back guarantees. That helps to clinch the deal in many cases. Quickly, some other types of guarantees that exist. I'm just going to run through that. No question asked, refund guarantee, that is best used only with low ticket items. Satisfaction-based guarantees, you can then use a best case, worst case line of reasoning. You say, listen, in the best case, you will achieve your results. In the worst case, you will get six weeks of free training, something like that. There's a conditional guarantee, for example, with uh, something that is a consumption requirement. This is what I offer. You, of course, need to do the work in order to trigger the money back guarantee. There's a service guarantee. I also have that. People stay on indefinitely until they get results at no extra cost. There's a credit-based guarantee, not money back, but credit towards other services of yours. A personal service guarantee where you work with them one-on-one -on -one until they hit their goal. A wage payment guarantee where you say, okay, all the time that you invested here, we're going to refund you in based on your current wage rate, what you earn in your job. We're going to refund you that. Divided, multiplied by the number of hours, and then a delayed second payment guarantee. They only pay once upfront, and then only again after they get their first outcome. And there's something called the implied guarantees, which are performance model, ref share, profit shares, and, and so on. And so this is the summary. We just went through these seven steps of the pyramid. You have to have a non-shrinking market. You need to clearly define target audience. You need to have a high enough price. You need to be speaking the client language, create a transformation for them. Where do they go from to? What is the unique mechanism that gets them there? We covered that in depth. And then to clinch the deal, the no-brainer incentive, how can we add rocket fuel to our offer and maximize the conversion rate on sales calls? Okay. Thank you very much. That is, oh, actually, and to provide an example of this uh, pyramid, of this offer pyramid, this is the offer for the Alpha Lead Academy, my program that helps coaches, consultants, and small B2B owners win clients. The non-shrinking, clearly defined target audience uh, in their market are small B2B owners, consultants, and coaches, and it is a growing market. The high enough price is high enough indeed. The client's language, I use it by, by using the words splitting your funnel. I'm targeting slightly more advanced people, people who already are familiar with the concept of a funnel. 
the transformation that I uh, help them achieve is from insecure about your income to competent owners of a client acquisition system. That's the transformation I help them achieve. The unique mechanism that I offer is called the funnel and the pot. And the no-brainer incentive are a service guarantee and two conditional money-back guarantees. That is the Alpha Lead Academy in a nutshell. And quickly, over time, you'll need to test your offer. Once that is, once you have all that architecture in place, how do you test your offer? Well, do people resonate, right? You will monitor your LinkedIn invite accept rate. You will notice if anyone adds you proactively and mentions your headline, say, oh, that sounds really interesting, let's talk, right? And also running it past your ideal target client and asking them if it resonates or if it resonates more than your previous offer. You will also see the cost and effort of booking calls, especially organically. You, you can sense that quite easily, how many calls get booked. And then closing rates on sales calls. That, of course, is also a manifestation of how well your offer resonates, especially if you have this no-brainer rocket fuel type of thing. You should definitely see an increase in your, in your conversion rate. And if not, it means that your rocket fuel is not really effective. It means that you may need to look at what are the obstacles that make people not buy and see if you can address that in a slightly different way. Cool. And that is, that is it. If you want, if uh, you want me to look at your offer, just drop it in the comments in this format. I help target audience accomplish difficult transformative goal via unique mechanism and optional guarantee. Just pop that in and I'll be happy to take a look at it. And if not, I thank you so much for paying me the most valuable thing you have, which is your attention. I'm Michael Bohannes. I help my clients to not suck at client acquisition, and I'm here to also help you with that, whether you're a client or not. I hope you liked it. If you didn't, I still love you. And thank you so much for joining in this live. The State of Client Acquisition is a Content360 production. Music by Gavin Knox Grand. To sign up for alerts and to submit written and audio questions, go to stateofclientacquisition.com. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Montreal girls, in the tail and the